0: For all those who feel called to build something bigger than themselves, but have no idea or representation as to how to bring it to pass, this podcast is for you. Let's figure it out together. Get ready. Let's build. Four, three, two, one. Everything that you've been through up until this point has helped you create your why. And when you have a strong why, nothing will stop you. That's- What's up, fam? Welcome to the Building Without a Blueprint uh, podcast. Listen, uh, as y'all already know, I am grateful to God for life and love, and I am grateful to you. To you for listening, I'm sorry. Um, I'm I'm laughing because I have a special guest with me who I'll introduce in a moment. Who's already making me laugh, like wow. I can't be. You have to wait a moment before you introduce me. Can I please do the intro? Sorry, do the Thank intro. Thank you. I'm back. Go ahead. Thank Go you ahead. so just, much. Okay. So, so quickly. First of all. Happy, <laughs> happy new year. If you're listening, uh, we are recording this on January 2nd. You will probably hear this about a week from now. Um, and just happy new year. I don't know about you, but I am so glad to be on the other side of 2020. which is What we are going to talk about today? But Hey, I hope y'all had a Merry Christmas, even if it was different from your regular traditions and different from what usually goes on. I really hope that you, uh, had a Merry Christmas that you celebrated. What I believe is the true reason for the season for me, um, which is the power of Jesus Christ, of the concept that um, that God, that the divine uh, became flesh, that became incarnated and lived our experience. I think that is so huge. And uh, maybe I'll do a whole episode on that someday. But anyway, uh, and then with that. This season is also about love. It's also about giving and about sharing and about thinking about what is important in life. So I hope y'all had a good holiday season. I hope you got something cool for Christmas. We'll we'll probably talk about that at some point. But yo, I don't want to waste no time because, hey, this year at the podcast, I I want you to hold me accountable because um, I have a huge goal. I want to release at least 30 episodes this year. Woo! Yeah. Um, the big dream would be to release an episode a week. And I'm not even going to call it a dream. It's the goal. Because um, we have all some amazing things here on Building Without a Blueprint. One of the things that we need to have for you is is consistency. I want you to be able to trust this is a place where you can come every week for some inspiration, some laughs, some connection. And so, uh, yeah, so here's episode one. My other goal for the podcast is that um, I love preaching. I really do. But I want this to be as much of a conversation space as it is a preaching space. Like if you just wanted to hear a sermon, you could just go to my YouTube. But there's a reason why you listen to the podcast. And so I want to have conversations this year. I'll still be releasing sermons, of course, because I'm still preaching. But I want to have conversations this year because I think sometimes... I don't want to say my best work. I don't want to say it like that. But sometimes I see God moving in me when I'm with people uh, in different ways as much as when I'm behind the pulpit. And so I just want to, I just want to hang out. So here's here's what we're going to talk about today. We are glad to be on the other side of uh, 2020 and I want to recap the year. That's how I want to start out is just by processing and going over what that excitement was. Uh, <laughs> good, good word choice. Good word choice. What that yeah. excitement was. The
1: situation's
0: situation. It's what it was. It, it was a situation. So, uh, first conversation of the year, first guest of the year, as we look back on last year. We've been talking about doing this for a minute, Oh wow. um, but of course, he's so excited. He couldn't even wait for his introduction to start talking. He just, he's right at home. He's just like, this isn't your show. Um, my brother's here, y'all. Yeah. Hey. I- to welcome preston parker to the building a lot of blueprint podcast this this guy is literally the coolest person i know we are uh, (laughs) jesus we are um yin and yang to one another this is very accurate we are like two halves two sides of the same coin and when I thought about people to have on the podcast and just, I mean, we've lived in the same house through the pandemic. So this we've literally experienced the pandemic together mm-hmm. in 2020 together. And so, um, we'll talk more about him, but Preston is an artist extraordinaire. He's a visual artist. He's a singer. He's a dancer. He's a producer. He writes scripts as well as, uh, edits film. He is brilliant. He draws, um, he's a fashion designer. Like there, there's not much in the arts that he doesn't do. And, uh, as you'll see he's just a ton of fun so welcome to the Appreciate podcast it. brother thank
1: you for having me you know i've waited so long to finally <laughs> <Jesus>.
0: <laughs> you know get a get a
1: second to to you know discuss and and process with you brother and so <laughs> I'm so excited to to be here today. Thank you for having me. Thank you to our sponsors, to Lipton Tea. We don't have and, any I, sponsors. No, we don't. But if Lipton wants to sponsor us, that'd be
0: cool, That right? would be cool. Tea with the Parker Brothers.
1: Oh, it'd be really, it'd be something. Anyway. with the Parker Brothers. <laughs> I'm so um, happy to be here. I'm so excited.
0: Also, you uh, waited so long. Preston also what? does this <laughs> London accent thing. Good day, everyone. Uh, and it's random. And I don't know why. I also can't do it. So I stopped playing along. Oh.
1: <laughs> he tries his best, though. And that's what's important is that you try your
0: best in all that you do. Jesus. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> um, brother, let's start here. Introduce yourself. I mean, I know I just gave a very <laughs> lengthy introduction. got to do everything around. No, i <laughs> <laughs> But I, I don't want to assume that I said what you wanted people to know about you. And I, I
1: think, I mean, you know, um, hey, my name is Preston D. Anthony Star Parker. You know, Jesus. Um, I, I don't know what is there to say. Like I, I, I don't know. I love God. I'm a child of God. Um, I guess you can say I'm gifted in the arts. I'm passionate about the arts. Okay. Uh, I'm a reoccurring worship leader at Hour of Power with Bobby Schuler. And so I don't know. I'm. Uh, I, I like to have fun. I like to enjoy life. Um, I think like a huge part of like what we're going to talk about today is that I'm learning to enjoy life more, to to branch out, try new things, to just you know be yourself, be comfortable in your skin. And so I'm just in a really good, good space right now. I'm feeling good. Okay. Mm-hmm. That totally wasn't the introduction. Like I, I don't, I don't know where that was going. But <laughs> I mean, it, that's where it went. I feel like
0: they know a little bit more about me. We're not gonna do it over. We're, dang. <laughs> We gotta go. You we didn't we even, started late. You, well, we have all of like forty whose, minutes right now. That?
1: Somebody was comatose in the bed. Okay. It, but that's
0: okay. Waking up is hard. Oh well. Okay, the one rule <clears throat> is we can't drink at the same time. Okay, got it. <laughs> <laughs> like if I mean I know we both love the visual. We, we both love the, <laughs> we're both dramatic. <laughs> Preston, I'm extra, Preston's dramatic. That's and very accurate. We yes. both, uh, so that's, that's the only thing. I know, I know we like the whole like make a point and sit, but we, we got to take turns on that one or else. For sure, for sure. It's going to be all awkward, dead podcast.
1: air. For sure, for sure. Okay. So <laughs>
0: you, you started here. This is going to be my first question. Yes. How are you doing in light of, we, we just made it over. Mm-hmm. How, how mm-hmm. are you? Let's start there. I am alive. Thankfully,
1: um, I am. What?
0: <laughs> what? It's been a trying. I would, I would hope that by virtue of the fact that we are hearing your voice presently. <laughs> I mean, look, I mean, look, I believe in spirits. You know, I'm a Pentecostal. I believe in all the spooky stuff. The spooky and yet stuff now. Um, I'm here. <laughs> So. Whoa, man! As opposed to, <laughs> Don't
1: well, disrespect praise God. Me, okay, sorry. Don't going. disrespect me keep on there. air like that. You showing out? Um, but <laughs> I
0: sorry, going. I I'm messed alive. up your flow. Keep going. You're alive.
1: I'm uh, alive. I'm alive. That's a good song. If you haven't heard that album yet, but I digress. We'll okay, tell you keep going. More how are you? How are you doing? I'm doing well. I feel like I am in a spot where I can process. Now, because I feel like there was so much happening in 2020. I didn't get a moment to breathe, you know, and like to figure out why am I feeling this way? Why am I frustrated? Why am I upset? Why am I angry? Why am I depressed? Why am I going through all these different emotions? Like I didn't have time to sit and be like, okay, Preston, let's really journal this out. Let's, let's, let's think through some of these things. Let's go see a therapist. Like all these, all, all these different things I didn't get a chance to do. And so I feel like I'm in a good spot where I can, um, sit and kind of pull myself back together, you know or or blossom into into a newer version of myself and so, but I am doing okay um yeah, like at this point, I'm honestly just thankful like to have survived the the year
0: yeah,
1: um because looking back at all the things that have happened, like there are moments where I'm like that could have been me like when you look back at all our African American brothers and sisters who have died this year like. Mm a huge part of, like, why I was feeling so depressed and sad was because, like, that could have been me. Mm-hmm. It's very realistic that that could be me. And so and so I'm just thankful that the Lord has spared my life and the Lord has covered me through everything that has happened. And he's, like, just been blessing me left and right. And so it's hey, been... you talk about her. Ooh, oh, oh, feel it, brother. Feel it. Go in. Go in. Should I lay hands now or... No? Okay. No, please.
0: Oh Wow. Disrespect. Not like that, but I just... Ugh. Whatever. Don't disrespect me. Uh, um, I think I think you said something interesting that well, a few things that you just said that I want to come back to. But mm-hmm. one, you said I felt like that could have been me. Mm-hmm. Have you have you always felt like that in these situations? Did this cause where you said that social injustice, um, the civil unrest that followed and the um the most recent unveiling I like to call it of white supremacy mm-hmm. um, really really hit you and and it hit me for different different reasons as well, but was this the first time that this hit you? Has this hit you before what what was different about this time that made it hit so hard um
1: That's a good question. Um, I feel like it was where I was in my life currently. And so in times past, like I was just coming out of college. Um, and let me just say in college, like I felt like I was on top of the world. Like I felt hmm. like that was my turf, like I was important and I felt like I was untouchable. Um, and so coming off of that high into the real world, I felt like I was starting from the bottom again. And so feeling like I have to re almost like reset my worth, so to speak. Wow. I felt like, okay, well, now I'm just anybody else. I'm everybody else. And so then for the the racial situation to then rise, I didn't feel as special as I normally felt. And I know that's part of that is there's an ego trip somewhere in there, but I didn't feel as special anymore. I felt like like anything could could happen to me. And so and so you know, um I just felt like I left my safety ground, I left my safety net. Um like in college I worked for the campus safety department. And so if there was ever anything that I needed, you know, I already had the the, the connections to be like, "Hey, officer, can you assist me with X, Y, and Z?" Um but to then to come to a place where I don't have a connection where I can be like, "Hey, I need protection. Hey, I need reassurance. Hey, I need safety and to just be grinding nine to five, (laughs) coming Mm. home, exhausted, you know, driving, um, what, 21 miles to work. And now I'm driving 40 miles back and forth, 80 miles total to work. You know, I always think I could be stopped at any time for any little thing. I didn't have any protection when I was (laughs) in college. Like my job was right across the street from the building I was living in. Mm. And so there was like this, this open factor of, okay, now you're naked. You don't have your protection. You don't have anything surrounding you. Um, but God. And so <laughs> right, right. Um, this year has been trying because it's pushed me closer to to lean into um that God factor, that 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 effect that God is still protecting and guiding you even when you don't see that physical protection around you. Um but but this year, um, but yeah, I, I would say that was why it hadn't hit me before because I felt like I was had that protection. Like I was on top of the world and I could also use, you know, I'm just a kid excuse, but mm-hmm. sure, <laughs> even then, sure. like, even then, like they're taking out our, our young, our young brothers and sisters
0: as well. And so. Right. That was gonna be my response. I was like, so are they. Mm-hmm. Right. Like mm-hmm. in, in those situations, you said something I think was crazy was that after college you felt like you were resetting your worth again. Um
1: mm-hmm. I think that's
0: huge because I, I wonder even that language I think is so dope because there are people who are probably experiencing that in one way or another. Like, when life changes out of the place where you had just felt comfortable or just sort of mastered life and felt like, okay, I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm in this space Mm -hmm. where I get it. Now, all of a sudden here comes, here comes the shakeup. Yeah. And the shakeup is not just like, oh, I need to find a job or I need to, you know, put everything I just learned in college to use. Like there's literally a period where you say, dang, I felt like I really knew who I was There And I felt Mm -hmm. safe there. And I had, Mm -hmm. I had a a system there and I had power there and I had a community there. And all of those things made me feel like I I was worthy. And I I wonder to what extent a lot of people felt like they had to reset their worth last year because they lost something. Like for you, it was college, which obviously happened pre-pandemic, like Mm -hmm. that you graduated. But I think, you know, does that happen when somebody lost their job or their business or... When somebody, you know, has to move back in with their family. I mean, we was all living together pre-pandemic. We was yes. oh, looking yeah. at one another. That was just, you know, mm-hmm, we've been, mm-hmm. what a beautiful, you know, situation. Our house looks great right now also, it does. too. You know, it's mm-hmm. just, it's such a beautiful place to create Aesthetic. content now because our mother and father have done such a fantastic job. Indeed they um, But if there's a, <laughs> there's a, there's a resetting that I feel like everyone had to do but it it wasn't just a life reset it was hey who am i in light of these things being taken like mm-hmm. when i you know i for me um with with work working at disney disney is such a a family like it you you really do you're spending so much time with with these small groups of people and and it's so intense the work that we do and you know, I I just thought about it the the other day that in in light of just work being what it is and parks being closed and whatnot, I, there there are certain of my Disney family members who I haven't seen for like nine months, right? Mm. And that that those things when you lose community when you lose whatever that might be, that is a resetting of your worth. And I think it that therein is sort of the gift or one of the mm. gifts is, is weird language about 2020. I'll say one of the opportunities of 2020 for mm-hmm. us to redefine what our worth was based on mm-hmm. in light of losing these things that gave us that sense of safety. Yeah. Um, I want to remind me to come back to campus safety. Cause I think in light of the social justice conversation, I want to come back to that. For but sure. how, how have you reset your worth? And then I'll, I'll talk about, cause I've been on a similar journey. This mm-hmm. definitely did the same thing for me, but did man, that's just brilliant. How did you reset your your worth in light of all this resetting my worth i think was
1: congruent with um the relationship i had with myself and so self-care has been a huge part of knowing my worth and understanding my worth how do i treat myself how do i treat my body how do i um just how do, how do i give back to myself to to i think more so it comes from self-love that's where that's where i'm getting at is mm-hmm. self is self-love Um, and so self-love and self-worth, I think are tied to each other. And so I've started just taking days where I rest, um, started saying no to things. Like I'm not going to overwork myself this year. Um, I've been, um, just finding things, to, uh, shopping, I, I guess, <laughs> online shopping has been my uh, m- one mode of self-care. Um, yeah, you like, you, uh,
0: I get a couple packages I I, I hear it. I, I can name a couple other things you do for self-care. You, I
1: mean, I, you know, so I've started a hair care journey. Is that what you want to call it?
0: Yeah, it's a journey. Okay. It's not an obsession? Wow, don't disrespect me. No, 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 it's, I'm, it's no disrespect. No, really, I'm just, I'm asking Ooh, for disrespect. clarity so that they, under, I think language is important. Fascinating. Fascinating. Lang- <laughs> Language is important. Mm. You bought a hair steamer. I, uh, so, okay.
1: So on the daily, <laughs> what what had happened was I started learning, you know, that there aren't a lot of black hair care icons for men. Okay. And so I had to start learning what is good for my hair, you know? And so I started looking at a couple different people, you know, started looking at my girl Taraji P. Henson, Auntie Raji. She don't know I call her that, but I call her that. Auntie, we, you call her Auntie, Auntie like Raji? That. Auntie, Auntie Raji, yeah. Oh, fantastic. We, we real close, kind of, not really. And so um, I started, you know, learning about hair care. And so I had scalp scrubs and, and scalp conditioners and serums and a whole bunch of new, you know, shampoos and stuff because I learned, like, our hair is... As as amazing as it is. Like it's delicate. Like it's complex. Like, you know, <laughs> it's, it's delicate. <laughs> Don't disrespect. what are you
0: anyway. <laughs> there was no disrespect there at all. Okay. You you put okay. passion behind the word delicate and I put passion with you. Oh, that was passion. Right. Got it. And so
1: <laughs> And so I've I've gone on this hair care journey. So I've been growing my hair out. I've been Figure out, like, what products does my hair need? What products does my hair like? Learning more about my curl pattern. You know, just a whole bunch of stuff like that. I got a hair steamer. I did. It was on sale on Amazon. Mm. And so I thought, why not treat my hair to a steam? It's also a facial steamer. And I've been trying to find the right skincare routine because that's right. also important. Right. You know So I've got the cleanser, the scrub then the Jesus. tonic and then I do the essence and then I do a serum and then you moisturize and your moisturizer has to have like an SPF in it but you know mm, that's just SPF, you
0: know just to Sean look good O's. and so the holy ghost is my SPF oh wow hey come on Ah, come on won't he keep ah? Mm. I don't know what an SPF <laughs> is oh lord oh my
1: Wow! Um, I just
0: wanted to say that. From 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 what I understand, um, so you don't know what it is either. No, <laughs> you just you just out here mouth, spending thousands out. of dollars if, it we wanna, your because you want to because you want to say three letters. Ooh,
1: don't you dare! You wanna... It's three letters and a number after it. Okay, <laughs> SPF fifteen and or sixty five. Sometimes a... seventy. <laughs> 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 That's a large range to what? be <laughs> Depends on how much protection you want. You know, well, it's fifteen greater protection? <laughs> What's don't, happening? I don't work for the stores. Okay, you gotta call call. What is that?
0: Ulta or oh, Sephora Jesus. or somebody. Oh, so you out here just buying Maybe, numbers? You, just, ooh, you out here playing lottery with the SPF? I was told. Don't even. What's my magic number today? SPF? What is it? Thirty seven. Y'all got a thirty seven <laughs> in here? <laughs> I I gotta take that back. I don't know if the Holy Ghost is my SPF (laughs) because maybe it's not. We gonna look it up, y'all.
1: If y'all, if y'all listening, if y'all could Google it and text it to us, that'd be nice. (laughs) Jesus. Jesus, if the, if that was your major somehow, I don't know what major that would be that involves SPF,
0: like um, dermatology, right? Yeah, right. If you're a dermatologist out there, we would love to hear from you. No, on so, the real though, I do want a dermatologist. I will say that. Like, I'm I'm big on if I if something's important but I don't understand it, I mm-hmm. just hire somebody to help me think through it. Huh. Like, wow, that's what I did with my finances. Like, I, I'm I'm not incredible with money. So I'm sorry. Wait, hired you hired guy.
1: someone to help you with your finances, but you didn't come back and help me no Mm -mm. let me just go on a quick rant here about college okay because what college didn't do for me was teach me about finances okay neither did my high school so the school system i think is broken but i have an issue because no one taught me about taxes okay so when i got out in the world I'm pretty sure the IRS is coming by because I don't I don't know what we're doing. All I know is you call H and R Block and then and something happens and then you pay them and somehow the IRS don't come for you. Like I don't quite understand the system yet. Um, yeah, you know. This was your first year paying taxes, wasn't it? I think so. Maybe. I see. I don't know how this works. I really don't. And so you would think if you paid all this money to go to a private college, they would at least teach you how to survive. But they didn't teach me nothing. You know, they didn't teach me about rent and or property. Like, there's just a lot of a lot of basics in the real world that were not covered. And so I don't know when finding the circumference of a circle was ever gonna help me. <laughs> True. um i have not had to do that i have not had to use pythagorean theorem my god since since the grade school which like, one was that that's the a squared plus b squared equals c squared see why is that taking up memory in my brain i could <laughs> use that for something else like i feel very disrespected mm. by the educational system yes now, if we had a class that was like like a like a like a, like it was taught by you know a member of the community. Okay, it was like a like a a, a black people class. I would take that.
0: Wait, I feel like we can do a whole podcast episode on this. Like, it could be like Black History and culture, and like they would just like we would
1: talk like what well, we would talk about our Black history because people would just be trying to keep that hush hush and it'd be real disrespectful. But it can also talk about like culture now. Like, I feel like we should all know how to braid hair, okay? Like that's number one. That's just on my list because I want to braid braid know how to braid hair. You know, because you know you find you a babe right, and a baby? Like, oh, braid my braid my hair. You know, like you save them a trip to the hairdresser. Anyway,
0: that's that's beside the point. That's not even here. I I've thought about hair. that. Yeah I, would, well, brain. yeah, I thought about that for my future wife, but perhaps for, like, definitely for my daughter. Like, I, I yeah. want to be those bougie dads It's like, hey, I got her hair. and her yeah, like so that <laughs> short like, story with the oh guy who Right, right, right. Talk, right just right, like right. that, you right, know. Right, Um, I feel, like, there's just a lot of, I feel like, basics that I, d- I didn't think you were going to go to braid hair. I thought you were going to talk about survival tactics in oh, the no, black community. no, also that. No, that's got so it. important. Because when you said class I, for the <laughs> black community, I was like, oh, yeah, great. Like, no, how to survive white supremacy in the 21st century. And you said braid hair. Now, I'm not saying that that the two are mutually it's exclusive. Just, I it's think because I'm on a hair journey. That's got it. It's I was just, just it's in in your still in my, we
1: were just talking about it's it. It's in your so. spirit. It's in my spirit. Well, so
0: I I will say to that that 2020 did reveal the gaps in every institution. Yeah. I, I will would I will I would call them gaps or craters or what what word <laughs> would you use? cause language is important. Language is important. And, and so you know what? I I would say to your point, yes, I I do think that saying calling them gaps sort of minimizes it yes mm-hmm. so so and and let's let's apply real language to them real language <laughs> i was just i was
1: adding an exclamation point you know got it you i was it, giving was the, the italics, italics to it right yeah right. Like, sorry i'm just i'm your hype mm-hmm. man i think the real the real, real language <laughs> sorry <laughs>
0: okay sorry no i'm done i'm done you got you got you good, you good. I, w- I would call them <laughs> failures like yeah he, the, uh, <laughs> that, that hit you yeah that there. hit Was me it. right in my crawl yeah call them what they are ooh, ooh, you sound just... <laughs> where did she go is she still here <laughs> mom he's talking like you <laughs> so both of us the older we get the more we realize we sound just like our mom and dad like I say things all the time. And and usually it doesn't happen while I'm here. It happens when I'm out in the world. And I'll say stuff and people will laugh or look at me weird. And I'll be like, oh my God, that's Irvin Parker, or that is Dr. Simone Star Parker. Mm-hmm. So in in my crawl is something she says that That's what she say. It, so anyway, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um failures. And failures. I think we saw, <clears throat> we definitely saw the the failure that we were unprepared. In our healthcare system, mm-hmm. because um, we did not have a strategy, and and I say this with grace, because while I critique it, I'm also not the one who has the answers. I, I don't, I I can't True. True. give them a strategic plan and say, hey, here's what we should have done in the pandemic. I I don't know. I ain't got no beds, mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. but
0: um, the the failures and the gaps in the healthcare system. Um, the failures in the education system for sure, because there was so much that we did not know. I I think even being in this election showed us how much there were gaps in the education system about U.S. government. Yeah. And then the failures of the U.S. government. Like, I I think. Can I jump jump in in right there, brother? I even took
1: a class and what is it? Um, political science. Take your time. I think. Mm-mm. And um
0: <laughs> we are such artists. <laughs>
1: <laughs> to be honest, the entire semester I was confused. Right? I don't know how I passed the class. You know, I wrote some nice big words and somehow made it out. That's pretty much all we did in college. I mean, you know, sometimes Mm. that's what you got to (laughs) do. But I still didn't understand anything. Like we talked about the different tiers. I'm not even going to tell you what we talked about because I know what I'm going to tell you is incorrect. (laughs) Were you going
0: to say branches, brother? Maybe. You said tiers. Oh. Tier one. Isn't there tiers or something? There's tears. We probably call them that.
1: Somewhere. They got the tears in my
0: eyes when I was in the class. But anyway. But then we also just brought up two different tears. It's like T-I-E-R.
1: Just just roll with it. Okay. Just roll
0: with it. Sorry. I didn't have to do that. And so
1: what happened? See, you're trying to air me out. Like, Dirty laundry. You're not trying to air you out. Or wet laundry. I don't understand that phrase. Because dirty laundry, we wouldn't air it out. Like, it would already be clean. And you would put it on the line. (laughs) I isn't
0: like i have no idea i i don't know where that came from but i
1: digress um, digress what was polit- but yeah you were so gaps in in education and
0: <laughs> elections
1: what were you such? about to say cuz you totally <laughs> jumped
0: in they like can i get in there brother i, I am moved I was just, just going to say right that I there. didn't
1: learn anything. Like, right. even when they tried to teach it to me, it didn't make sense. Right. And maybe that's just, just because, like, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no part of it that is, that is I was going to say sensual, and that's not the right word. That is... Yeah,
0: no, that, <laughs> that goes left. Jesus. Um, <laughs> not sensual. Lord. Um, um, but um, but you Jesus. know what I'm... Y'all know what I'm saying. No, I, I definitely hear what you're saying. I think to that point, Sorry,
1: I didn't think that slur was gonna be.
0: <laughs> Jesus. Who drinks tea through a honey straw anyway? Once the honey gets in there, the thing is done.
1: Jesus, I don't
0: want to. But spit. to your point, one of the things that that I saw that come up in was the fact that when it was time to vote this year,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I had never ever understood the way these propositions work. Yeah. How they get on the ballot, and this mm-hmm. is this would probably be my third election cycle voting. Um, I remember, no, maybe my second full like um, national election cycle. Okay, okay. Because I think the first time President Obama was elected, I was in high school, and mm-hmm. I, I don't think I voted mm-hmm. in that election, mm. but I certainly did when he was reelected. For sure, for sure. Um. It was astounding to me that for the first time ever, I really had to sit down and be educated about the principle that they were calling it from the activists who I follow was like voting down the ballot. That it's not just about who's in office on the national and the federal level. Mm-hmm. It is about who's representing you, what, who um, sits on your city council, like who who is your mayor who's the district attorney where you live that was a big deal for for Los Angeles um mm-hmm. and and the district attorney in any city particularly when we start to look at these instances of police brutality yeah. because it's that DA that's going to set the tone for how that investigation goes what happens in it and and let's be honest if there is one um and so i remember we at our church we did a um a voters information uh session for for our members yeah that's what's up and we want to be more strategic when george floyd died we made the commitment as a church that like it was time for us to evolve into doing justice you know what i love
1: that word evolve i'm sure gonna touch base on that a little more because i think a lot of people also need to evolve but continue continue Mm -hmm.
0: yeah there we so yeah, I want to touch the gaps first and then we can come back to craters, social justice. But failures. craters, failures, yes. Um, And so voting down the ballot, I think one of the things is 2020 taught us how do we build when systems fail? Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that many of us learned because part of the problem of advocacy or dismantling these systems is that we don't change them while we're comfortable in them. Mm -hmm. And it's possible to know that a thing is broken, but you're still comfortable within it. And so there's never any hyperbolic change. There's Mm -hmm. never any major change. Mm -hmm. I think one of the greatest places we saw healthy disruption was the church. Because I I think in some ways, the institution, the way that we were doing church had failed. Mm, When, When we put more priority on celebrity status and, and Hey, this is what I'm wearing. And we're having this and, and everybody had a conference and everybody had a this, mm-hmm. and we were enjoying being seen. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think one of the the difficulties we're, we're even living in the Christian influencer world right now, that mm-hmm. like Christian influencer is a, is a lane by which you can become famous right now. And, and, and I say that humbly, right. Cause some of my platform is being, I think I would, I don't know that I would call myself an influencer yet, but Sure. But I'm certainly in that lane. But I think this year we realized that that system, that way of doing church had failed. And I did not realize it until about three months into not being in church. Hmm. And what happened was that a friend of mine um, from, from Atlanta, who, who I absolutely love and, and cherish, and she said, I was venting to her about Easter and like, man, you know, I feel like We should be being more creative. We should be doing something, you know, for Easter. Like, I I feel like we're literally going to have a service where we sing and preach the word. And I just, I feel so blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people aren't here. What, whatever, Mm whatever. And she said, maybe God did this because God doesn't want your Easter pageant this year. (laughs) (laughs) Whoever you are, I like you. Yeah, (laughs) Mm -hmm. She was like, well, I mean, you know what it is. Oh, we're, Um, And she was like, maybe God doesn't want your... Easter play this year. Maybe mm-hmm. God. Maybe God has never wanted all of that. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a, a revelation that our systems that we built, where it was more about the production and proving what kind of production your church could put on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was about demonstrating we can make people fall out of the sky. We can have our one thousand voice the choir drama of, it and, all, the right. of it all, the allure of it all, the spectacle. And y'all are gonna the, the spectacle. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and I think. We're in a place now where, especially in the midst of pandemic, people are like, Look, if the church is not really introducing me to God, it has no space what? or place in my life. Yeah. And and the and we're and people are at a space now where they're like, look, I don't have to stay. I have all these other options for the expanse of my spirituality, mm-hmm. or I can opt to have no spirituality at all. Mm-hmm. And so I think from healthcare to government, I, I think being at a place where we were looking to the government to have answers hmm. and they had virtually none none at all or the wrong answers exactly showed us that while we articulate you know land of the free home of the brave the greatest nation on That's earth
1: cute.
0: we saw the failures yeah we saw the failures that you know there was one stimulus package for $600 for people who were losing everything right mm-hmm. and you know, and that at a time where we needed strong direction, there was political divisiveness. There was the game of politics over the prioritization of people and saving lives. Mm-hmm. So I, I think we've seen, to your point, in the same way that you said college didn't prepare you, I think when we look over the gamut, we saw last year that all of our systems, all of them, mm-hmm. all of our systems, commerce, economy, government, education, healthcare, church, you name it, all of them failed. And we had to learn, are you built on something that's bigger than your systems? And I think Mm -hmm. that's why what you said about how you came out of your depression was like focusing in on, okay, before I had all these systems to make me feel safe. Mm -hmm. I had a job, I had a community, Mm -hmm. I had value, people knew who I was and that's how I felt safe. And when that was removed... I had to tap into, I'm built on this and it makes me think this about myself and I will trust and believe in this going forward. So yep. I think, yeah, that was probably one of the greatest revelations of last year. Um, That's what's so up. So what do we do when our, when our systems fail? Mm-hmm. L- let's go back to this really quick. You worked for Campus Safety. I did, yes. Um, how long did you work for Campus Safety? Um, two, three years. Two, three years. Do you want to tell me where you went or you want to keep that confidential for the sake of, we'll keep it confidential. Look at it confidential. Now. Okay. I want to know, mm-hmm. did working in law enforcement, in air quotes, mm-hmm. for three years, frame the way you look at this conversation around police brutality? Because you have this unique position. Gotcha. Okay. You have worked in law enforcement mm-hmm. pretty closely with them for that pretty amount closely. of time. yeah. But you're, at the end of the day, a black male. Mm-hmm and how cuz i know people who haven't been able to live in both those realities mm-hmm. like and and tell me if i'm doing too much here but you've been black and blue if i can say that that way
1: fascinating mm.
0: you see you see what i did there Riveting. my I god see what you're doing my god mm-hmm. um, listen i'm a moderator at heart Ooh, okay, okay. <laughs> um but just t- and and it might not have i just when you said hey i worked for campus safety something just sparked in me like oh like
1: Mm -hmm, typically mm -hmm. people
0: think you're either with the police or you hate them and okay so yeah
1: to that point to that point I find very fascinating Um, because there's a lot of this like you're either on one side or the other Mm -hmm. but having that experience and knowing people who work in law enforcement you know that not every officer is bad Mm -hmm. however as a black male culturally understanding my place in the world as a black male yeah there is still a fear every single time you encounter law Mm -hmm. enforcement because you never know what personality you're going to get right and so leaving campus safety well while in campus safety i always knew i could be like hey i'm actually the dispatcher like i've worked with your dispatchers i've worked with your officers before yada 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 and you know i would it would be all right you know maybe possibly um (laughs) But 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 without that, uh, I I still keep in mind because some of my closest friends like their families are, are are cops and and work in in that department. So I I know like not all cops are bad. But then I only know about maybe three of those cops that I know for sure aren't bad. Wow! <laughs> and so wow, wow, wow wow wow! There leaves a million other cops out there who I don't know, and so I have to assume that I need to guard myself. For your own protection. For my own protection. And you know what's so funny? And this is why I still hate that that I didn't get taught taxes. If my taxpayer dollars are paying you to do your job, you shouldn't be scared doing a job you
0: signed up for and I'm paying you. You shouldn't be allowed to kill me and I'm paying you. Jesus. Wow. Right? I'm I'm paying into what kills me. So how did that make sense? I owe you annually to kill me. To kill me.
1: And then I'm gonna go to jail if I don't pay you, Jesus. So either way, <laughs> I, I, either way, there, there's a lot of unfair, unfair. I can't say a couple words, but a couple words <laughs> insert in there. Use your imagination <laughs> and
0: insert a couple words from yeah, a very Preston strong dictionary. Definitely has the colorful vocabulary. You of know, the two of us. you gotta, you gotta stay colorful. Mm. You know? Colorful. So one of the things is I hear you saying. You're essentially paraphrasing a, a a James Baldwin quote that I'll send to you. Mm-hmm, James mm-hmm. Baldwin says that there are nice cops, but I haven't got the time to figure which figure out which one is nice or not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That for my safety, I don't have that that kind of time. And I think that's an interesting perspective that you said that, hey, I've been on the inside, but if we're talking data sample, <laughs> you're mm-hmm. like the sample size that I have to prove of those who are not that way. And I think it's hard for people to remember that we are critiquing a a system and not a person right right <laughs> it, it, it,
1: it's it's the conglomerate it, it's the group and it, it's so funny because okay. I don't think people under stand like regardless of if that's your father your cousin your uncle who you know is good at heart who isn't quote-unquote racist like all these different things I still don't know that because right. I'm focused on surviving through the day right and so it's funny because as I'm driving, like I work in Irvine now, as I'm driving back and forth to Irvine, I'm always praying, God grant me safety. Yeah. God get me back home. Yeah. Because I never know. I always have, someone has to have my location. Yeah. Just in case I fall off the radar, somebody knows where I last was. And then on top of that, like I have to remember that I don't look like everybody else in Irvine. Jesus. Right. And so because right. I don't look like everybody else in Irvine, I'm already a target. Yeah. And so now they have an excuse to pull me over.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, there's always and I think I, I deal with that a lot. There's always the what are you doing here mentality mm-hmm. that's always present. It's mm-hmm. always the it's always like the the you don't belong. And what I've struggled with is the realization, which I think is what hit me last year. Talk to me. Um, In processing this was nothing will save you. And I think that is one of the things that led me into such a strong depression, which is the next thing I want us to talk about is mm-hmm. how we dealt with mental health last year, mm-hmm. Um, was the realization like, yo, nothing will save you. Like, and, and I think there used to be a time in my life where I believed if I was good enough, non-threatening enough, mm-hmm. educated enough, mm-hmm. connected enough, that somehow I could be, I like that—that that I wouldn't fall victim, yeah, to this disease that is white supremacy. And and what you learn over time is none of that matters for a few reasons. Mm-hmm. Number one, because they ain't gonna investigate that before they see you. That part they're not trying to know your whole story. Mm-mm you use use a nigger around these parts. Yeah. Still. Still. And so we don't we don't care that you're a pastor. We don't care. I used to think like my, my name like I work for Disney. I am a pastor. Like mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. I I help people for for a calling and for a living. I graduated from USC. Mm-hmm. I I know some some well-known people. You got people all the accolades. Like all you of got that all the stuff. connections. Yeah. And none of that saves you. And I think Mm -mm. It's such an important realization for us as black men, because I also think we stop chasing that stuff in the name of safety. We stop chasing that stuff. Like, let me, if I, if I just get high enough in the system, I will get this sort of, I'm exempt card. Like, Hey, I'm, Hmm. I'm black, but I'm exempt. It's like, Hmm. nah, bruh. And so I still carry that same fear. And I, I think that that, um, yeah, it has been a major point of prayer. And that's what hit me. Like, Ahmaud Arbery wasn't doing nothing. Like, Breonna Taylor was sleeping. And, and mind you, Breonna Taylor mm-hmm. is an essential worker. She's mm-hmm. a nurse for crying out mm-hmm. loud. Ahmaud Arbery is running. He ain't said nothing. He ain't, he, the dude is running. Um, and so I think there's this false belief that was definitely eradicated for me last year and in and, and, and the year prior. It's just that nothing will save us. But that, can I just tap in yeah. on that as well? You said
1: more than one name. And that's something that has always gotten me. Right. For it to be national news about one person and to see that cops still didn't catch on
0: until about- Yeah, one should have been enough. One should have been enough. But in the same summer, and, and hear me clearly, we didn't just have those three. Mm-hmm. There were dozens. Dozens. There were dozens. We we still got to bring in um, Elijah McClain. We still have to bring up, um, there's some other names who who are top of, We we have to bring in all of- uh, the other young black women who were murdered. We have to bring in all of the people who were harmed during protesting. We have yeah. to bring in um, many of the uh, black trans men and women who were murdered, and, and that's mm-hmm. a separate conversation because mm-hmm. they're not just dealing with police violence; they're also dealing with violence from our own community, which, yep. is, which is a whole other thing. It's a whole we, other we're killing we'll them, about. but that's we'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, and you're right. It's sh- one name should have been enough. One story should have been enough. I remember that that month. Mhm. My projects were gone. This is nothing I learned from last year It's like I cannot base my life on what I have going on. Yeah. Like I cannot base my identity. The way you describe school is the way I would describe like church, speaking engagements, work, whatever whatever. And there came a time where like the projects I was doing for the church, we had just finished those. I was furloughed from work so I wasn't working. Mhm. Most of the speaking engagements I had for the summer were canceled, of course. And I was just sitting like, God, who am I? Throw in some, uh, throw in um, pandemic, pandemic pressures. Throw in racial injustice, civil unrest. Mm -hmm. And I hit the hardest depression I've hit in the last, mm, I I had a strong bout with it in 2018 which is probably, like, the most major, the last, like, mm. really, really, really strong depressive episode that I've had. But this one hit. And last year taught me, like, how I deal with those things, depression and and anxiety. And I will say that at the onset, I did not handle them well. It became the doorway for some old stuff to pop back in my life in terms of coping mechanisms. Mm. Um, but how did you deal with mental health?
1: Um, so... Starting into into 2020, um, I felt all right, okay? Had a full-time job. I was excited, you know, working with some really cool people. And then if I got the order right, it was COVID, then George Floyd. Mm-hmm. And then my position got terminated.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so... In that time between George Floyd and getting terminated, there were, what, maybe three people in the company I was working for that all identified as African-American or African or of, who identified as black. Mm-hmm. And so um, I've, it, it was weird because I was learning that you can't trust people to support you. Wow. That has to come internally. You have to build your own support system either through faith, through, through whatever it is. But sure. you have to build your own support because through that time, all of us were feeling some type of way. We felt weird that in the span of all these things happening and riots taking place, no one from the top came down to check in on the workers to be like, hey, I understand wow. that what's happening in the world is insane. Right. Wow. Let's have a check-in. And it's funny because I was also in the department that should be reaching out. Mm -hmm. But when the department that is supposed to be reaching out is being affected, who is supposed to reach out to them? Jesus. And so I I was frustrated. um, I was frustrated with the leadership, so to speak. And so trying to figure out what to do, like I I was just upset. And so then to fast forward a little bit more, um, we get to me getting a phone call. And so- I get a phone call and it's, hey, can we talk? Sure. How's it going? And I'm like, you know, working from home, typing away because, you know, we socially distance everybody working from home. And I was told that I was getting terminated because of trying to save money during COVID. Sure. And so when I got terminated, how fast I was terminated scared me. And so within the 10 seconds that I had hung up the phone, I had been locked out of the entire system. Wow. And so computer shut down, like everything I was working on, gone. And so if we remember my college story, like when you leave college, right. all those things get stripped away from you. You that were already baby, rebuilding. I was already rebuilding. Yeah. And so in that 10 second frame to have it just Bounced be- Bounce back to square one. Bounce back to square one. And can I can tell you, I was so confused that, <laughs> that I, I was so whiplashed by it all that when the person who was, who was terminating me was talking to me, um, I was like, I'm sorry, can I call you back? (laughs) I was like, I was like, I was like, I don't I was like, I don't think you understand what what this actually means Mm -hmm. for me. I was like, can I call you back and we can talk specifics at a later time? Because I don't I can't even process right now. Like, what am I going to do for money? The pandemic is hitting. How is sure. my family... Like, how are we going to survive, so to speak? And not on top of that, but they're killing us out here. So right, it's like, right. there's all these different factors already in my head. Now I don't have steady income. And right. so I was feeling this type of way. And so for days, I was just sleeping. Like, hmm. didn't feel like getting up. Didn't want to go outside. Like, I was just laying in the bed trying to figure out what what's the next step. And so... There were times where I was just, okay, I'm just going to try and start filling out applications again, but then realizing that everything I was filling out applications for, I wasn't passionate about. Mm. And so that's a, another struggle. Like when I work, I want to be passionate about what I'm doing or else what's the point of uh, slaving right? right. <laughs> pretty much. And so everything was just extremely frustrating for me. Um, so that's when I just started thinking, because, you know, I've had depressive episodes before, and so putting myself back in the focus is is how I try to push and dredge through. It's like, okay, Preston, no, no one's going to build you up. So now you have to build yourself up. Mm-hmm. This is where you use all the skills you got, whatever college may have taught you, whatever mm-hmm. you see mm-hmm. online, whatever motivational post you've seen. Let's put those into action mm-hmm. now every day talk yourself up look yourself in the mirror and you know on top of that like I had also been eating a lot because you know right 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 eat a lot when I tell you black has become my favorite color because I look somewhat like how I did in high school okay right right right.
0: no that's definitely and I think we at some point the world we as a culture would have to have that conversation like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not gonna say black people in air quotes I'll just I'll centralize it I know for a fact that Eating is one coping mechanism. Yes. Where it's not even not hungry. It is it, it. And it's unfortunate, but it's the truth. It's it's like another drug. Mm-hmm. It's like another hey. I will mm-hmm. process these carbs and make myself high enough to fall asleep or to not feel to knock out completely. Right, right, sleep right. for more hours and then wake up eventually and eat some more and go back to sleep. <laughs> while while we're there, because um, there's two more things we gotta talk about before we wrap. Mm-hmm. While we're there, tell the people how this story ends up, right? There's a, Particularly with, yeah. with your, with your so job, because I. that's why I'm looking at you the way I am. For sure, for sure. I was there in the days leading up, but I also know how this story mm-hmm. ends. Up. Um, so in that time of, of
1: me trying to pick myself up off the floor um, and trying to kind of also work on my relationship with God, work on my spirituality, um, I had also been interning interning. I had been working for a church in Irvine. And so I'd actually been working there for maybe about two years. I just came up on two years. And so at the beginning of that two-year period, I was just stepping in singing every once in a while. And so um, a pastor then liked me, brought me back, said, hey, I want you to lead a worship song. It's like, hey, cool. And so I was leading worship songs every now and then. Um, so their minister of music was my choral director at, at coll- or in college. And so She I was talking to her one day and I was like, hey, I was like, I'm broadcast television major and I need an internship. And so she branched out to the production team at at the church. And so they basically said, "Okay, cool. Like, does he want to do live stream? And so they brought me on to do live stream. And so I was interning with them for for what, eight, eight months or so just going in doing live stream. And then they were like, hey, let's turn this into a gig. And I was like, yes, like, I'll, I'll take a couple dollars, send them my way, you know. And so I was doing their live stream and that was awesome. And so the way God kind of fixed it to work out for me um, was, was, was insane because it was like, okay, cool, you're doing live stream. Now let's see you on camera. And so not only was I singing, but hey, I want you to open and close the service speak to the speak to the people and what's so amazing is this is an international ministry and so i'm speaking to people all around the world and so literally (laughs) literally all around the world and so it was so amazing and and so fun um and that's the part i love is that it was fun i enjoyed it i was passionate about it um and so eventually um my supervisor and i we started talking and he was like hey um let's talk about what what your future looks like here and so we began talking and he offered me a position to be their associate producer. And so when I tell you I I was I felt whiplashed again by God, uh, <laughs> <laughs> because sometimes like we go into these depressive states and we're moaning and we're groaning and we're sad and we're 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 trying to cope when God is like, I already have something around the corner for you. You just have to make it to the end of the block, you know? Right. And so a lot, a lot of life is us just like, all right, God, I'm trusting that there is something around this corner for me. Like fielding in the dark around the corner. Just feeling in the dark. Just hold my hand and get me to the corner and let me see what you already, what you've already placed there for me. And so when I tell you it was a blessing, when I tell you I'm, I'm happy where I am now, like to be, Working full time to to be working with an amazing team, to be working with a ministry in ministry and also the same thing that I had been studying for years for it's it's amazing. And so I'm just I'm thankful to God. Uh, I've I've learned a lot. And so before I go into my next depressive state, I will remember God. Mm. Um, And I feel like that will save me from a lot of the Mm. actions that I fall back into. And so Jesus. So, yeah, he's just been blessing left and right. Left and right. He's been keeping and holding my hand and so I won't come so in to catch a good that. spot. You said
0: just hold my hand till we get around the corner. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Preach, Negro. <laughs> so good. Okay, we we have six minutes. What? Can we add like a couple more on top of that or you gotta go? Well, like the episode can only be so long. Oh no. We can't keep the, we're, we're, we gotta well, do a part two. We yeah, that's fine. You okay. wanna come back? i would, yeah, you'd be what more than doing happy after yet. church. I have to work. <sighs> um but yeah, so we okay, we have five minutes. I wanna talk about this because we had a lot of great moments this year. We had a, we had some cool family moments. There was one period of time, especially when I was on um furlough, where we started instituting Sunday dinners again and we were back around yeah. this table. I thought that was really cool. That was nice. Um our parents did some amazing projects, some of which we got to put our input on. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them our dad didn't care. He was just like, This is what I want, this is what it's gonna be <laughs> but It'll be like that sometimes. Um, there was a lot of good things I felt like that happened that that brought us together as a family. Like for the first time, life had stopped all of us for a few months. Mm-hmm. Um, and back when all, back when life was good, we were all in four different directions. Like there would be times, and yeah, know, this is nobody's fault. It's more so my fault than anybody else. I I could go like two days and I live here without like seeing everybody just because of how. <laughs> you know, and I'm not Yo, saying that's be a, gone. It's okay. not a good thing. I'm not celebrating that. We did We thought he would skip the country. Okay. One of the hardest parts of this year. Which I think you know where I'm going with this, but it you don't, don't but it brought I feel like it brought us closer together than I feel like we've ever been. Oh no, I know, I know, but just handkerchief ready. (laughs) We don't have to talk about it for long, but I but I do want to unpack that because to me, that was the moment where I felt closest to you. Yeah, no, same. Like same, and. You know, we've had moments before, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, moment, wildly different from the moments we had growing up. Lee <laughs> <laughs>
1: was bad as hell, okay? Lee <laughs> was fighting. He threw me into so many doors. The reason I don't have a closet door today is because you threw me into my closet door. Don't tell and it people it broke off that. Right now they we know me young, as okay? preacher Princeton
0: from Building Without a Blueprint. And, yeah, you we know, used people grow. It was people. <laughs> have evolved <laughs> <laughs> he used to throw me into
1: doors okay
0: we used to fight we, we were so we were so different and we didn't understand how to process that difference no. we used to get and on each and we try to unpack nerves. that in a whole nother episode I think because we should. there was I a lot of be hidden fun. things that we didn't know that we felt Right, right, until right. we got you know we yeah. should we'll do a whole nother episode on like what that was like growing up that that's would be, part that three would be cool mm-hmm. You. Are- I got a series here y'all <laughs> you back. just invited yourself back <laughs> for two more episodes bet you gotta market yourself whatever y'all <laughs> okay, so we, we have come from that. I felt like the tide began to change when I, was, when I left for college, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, for me, and you will unpack this in the episode where we talk about that, mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but what happened this year, I felt like Dear we became God. Parker Brothers yeah. for real. Like we were cemented. So I'm, unfortunately, this past year, our dog suddenly passed away and- mm-hmm. Um, I was at church and I got, I called my mom because it was the night that the Lakers in a playoff game. Can, I, can, I was can like, we
1: go back? Can I go back to the first part of the story? Or you okay. You no, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. So I was in my room. No pressing. Just remember, room. we got like five minutes. Oh my God. Okay. I was in my room. And so my mother, all of a sudden, you know, my mom makes sounds. And so she yelled and I was just like, you know, she yells every now and then she probably watching something on television. But when she yelled, she was like, press, come here, come here. And so when I ran out of my room, I went to see that our dog was seizing. And so I was like, oh, God. So my mom was like, what do we do? What do we do? I said, we got to get her to the emergency room. You got to get her to the emergency room. And it was like the whole left side of her body. She couldn't control it. It was just spazzing up and down. And so we get her bag. We we put her in the car. And so my mom drives, because I don't remember where the place is, but my mom drives. I was like, take her. Go. I'll meet you there. So I hop in the car behind her and I'm trailing her and we're driving like Bonnie and Clyde down the freeway trying to get to this emergency room. So I'm calling the place and I'm like, hey, Princess Little, we've been there before. And they're like I was like, she's seizing, we don't know what to do. They're like, we're having a stretcher sent out. Like, we'll meet you in the front. We get there. Um, we get there and they take her in there and they like bring her down. They, they, she stopped seizing. They, you know, get her stable. And they're basically like, she's going to be on medication for the rest of her life. And so they were like, it's weird because normally they seize when they're younger, but little was like 10, 11 years old. And so they were like, it's weird because they normally don't seize when they're this age. And so my mom was so like, well, I fed her a grape. Like, could that have, could that have affected anything? And so, we not knowing like grapes were poisonous to dogs, so my mom was worried. Like, what? What does I do? So the doctors basically were like, "We have to run blood tests." And so my mom was like, "Yeah, let's run the blood test to to see what's causing." And so. And so we find in the blood test or blood test, and they did like an ultrasound that my dog's liver was ten times bigger than what it should be. And so we thought she was just eating good, but no, she there was something happening in her body. And so they said that it most likely was cancerous masses that had grown on on her liver. And so um and and so mom had after she received that news, I had drove driven home. I think I was just made it home and Princeton was at the church. And so my mom had received this news by herself because the Lady said it was gonna be five hours before they knew anything or a couple of hours till they, till they knew anything. So I left, Princeton left, or Princeton wasn't there yet. And so mom
0: no, I was there. You was there. Yeah, I, came was there. I was there Sorry, okay, when she cool, was cool. in there getting the the seizure. Mm-hmm. Okay, but in that moment when we had that news, mm-hmm. we we came back because I had been there when they said they had got her stable. I said, okay, she's gonna come out. Let me go home and get stuff ready and go get food on the way. I came back. That's when mom told us that they had come back after the blood test to say the full extent of what it was. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the other the hard part about this is that um we then had to make a decision. Mm-hmm. And that's what made that night hard, mm-hmm. which you had to make a decision. Do you take her home knowing that she would there's pass. probably cancer and mm-hmm. she might pass at home?
1: And said so she would pass through the um, night. She probably wouldn't make it unless she was.
0: Right, right, right. Do you you know were, give her medicine and mm-hmm. then you, cancer treatment for dogs is so expensive. I think, again, if you talk about systems like healthcare for dogs, why is that so expensive? Yeah, and a pandemic. Um, <laughs> and a pandemic, a pandemic. Um, and so we had to make that decision. The The four of us, we loved our dog tremendously. Oh, my God. And um, we all, which is what I think was one of the benefits of that moment, it showed us all how we, how moments of grief affect us. mm mm-hmm. Right? We mm-hmm. We had mom, dad, you and I, and, and it was all in different ways. For me, I was instantly heartbroken. Yeah. And I immediately went into fix-it mode. Mm-hmm. Like I was heartbroken. I was like, "God, why? Like you gotta be kidding me. This was mm-hmm. so sudden. like mm-hmm. and, and I mean, it, it's it's the it is the it is the the character of death um to defy expectation, right? But I was just like, man, but I immediately went into, okay, we gotta what are we doing mm-hmm. right how How was that moment for you? How did you process that? What was that like was, for you in that moment?
1: It, it was weird because I feel like so often I have reached out to see how other people are doing. That I, 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 it took like I had to pull myself back to just to just feel what was happening in in that moment. And so, um, like we we all hugged and we were we were crying and trying to you know figure out what what's what's going on. And so I was kind of in a state of disbelief, and I was also a little upset because on the drive over twice, I was like, "God, anything but right. taking my dog." Right. Like my dog in my depressive states was like the thing I talked to. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I, I would hold her, and we would just be chilling on the couch, and I would just talk all my sorrows and my worries and such. And so I was like, "God, anything but." And so I was frustrated. Mm-hmm. I was angry, but at the same time. I was like, I have to do what's best for my dog, mm-hmm. you know. And so,
0: and I think that was the other crazy part about that moment is Granny and Bo came, mm-hmm. um, Auntie Sherry and Diamond came. So now mm-hmm. it's it's like eight of us out there, and we we had to go into that philosophical moral argument about yeah, do you euthanize an animal, right? And I think I have so much more compassion for my dad because in that night, I was upset because my dad was like, "Well, you all are gonna do what you want to do anyway, so I don't have an opinion." But what I realized was he felt differently he felt like Mm -hmm. you know i will risk whatever happens after i just want more time Mm -hmm. like i i want i don't i don't want this to happen like this where i get a call and 15 minutes later she's gone right and Mm -hmm. and i have so much compassion for that like there there was a grief the way i was processing it was hey if we're here let's be here let's decide let us let's grieve, let's do the hard thing so that we can move on into grieving further. Mm-hmm. I don't want to live in any more what ifs. I I didn't want her to pass in the house and that created yeah, a trauma a different, and whatever. Mm-hmm. And um and then and 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 mom like she also had a very close relationship with little. There was also mm-hmm. a, a companionship, a friendship um with the dog and that I was think, her guardian. Like right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. And what made what made that difficult is because dad's doing his thing about like not want to say goodbye it was heavy for mom because not only was there loss but you know she saw little as another child as another extension and so mm-hmm. there was mother grief like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm losing a child and and i think and we mm-hmm. were trying to resist the temptation to blame yourself like and she you know she was saying that like hey i wish there could have been something i could have done yeah. like for for it to be like cancer in the liver and all that and so in the midst of all of that i, I say all that to say that in the midst of all of us grieving differently and all of us showing how that, what that brings up, we still had to make a decision. Mm -hmm. And I remember, um, you know, my mom said, Hey, you guys, you guys have to figure this out. You guys have to do this. And we went aside and we, we came together and we said, listen, this is what's going to happen. I remember asking you like press, you love her in a way that, that no one else does. What do you want? And, and you said we have to do what's best for her and we decided to move forward with the euthanization, but it was so hard. Insanely hard. It was so hard. And I think one of the moments that I would treasure, because only two people could go back during the process. Mm-hmm. They, they asked him, And so not to end on a morbid note, I want to end here. Um, we cried together. We said goodbye together. That was still so hard. Mm-hmm. But what I will never forget is we prayed together as that was happening. And you and I had wrote this song <laughs> probably like seven, eight years ago, just yep. having fun. We were just in the den and we wrote this song. And what was crazy about it was we wrote the song and the lyrics are, just for you to ease your pain, to help you smile right in your ring. And for all that you go through, just remember we have love for you. And we literally, we just wrote that like, hey, as a Parker Brothers song. We mm-hmm. whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. We sang that. As the process was happening, we sang it over her. We sang her into whatever the the great beyond is for for dogs. And that song takes on a whole new meaning when you're singing it while the euthanization process is happening. Yeah. So I want to close because to me, I will hold that as a moment forever of like what 2020 meant. It's like unexplained pain, but it's also coming together with people you love to get through it it's making hard choices it's oh, yeah. seeing the beauty it's knowing that even if god doesn't prevent it god will get you through it mm-hmm. it's finding things that didn't have meaning before that all of a sudden make things beautiful it's praying through it it's letting yourself feel mm-hmm. and it's rebuilding and that that to me that moment still mm. represents 2020 to me and i and and whenever i start to well up with emotion you know just remembering that i sing the song Mm. And it sort of pulls me back into, hey, like it also makes me cry more. But (laughs) (laughs) I want to sing it because to me, I want to leave the listeners with that. That in the same way we sang that in that moment, we want to sing it over you.
1: Wow. That
0: this is this is 2020, right? 2020. Like this is this is just for you. We're gonna sing a song from the Parker Brothers. This has mm-hmm. been Bryson Parker. We ain't rehearsed, Bryson So y'all Parker. be easy, okay? We haven't, yeah, we haven't rehearsed. We ain't, we ain't I don't even know what key it starts in, but we've got like 45 seconds, so we better. Okay, okay. <laughs> just for you. And is that you? Yeah, yeah, I
1: think. It was a little high. I wasn't ready,
0: you know. Mm, just for you. Oh yeah, I like that. I like that. All right. Okay. okay. All right. Just for you. Was I on was I on top? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Just for you. Mm. Just for
1: you. Yeah. Is that the harmony you wanna go with? Yeah. Okay. Mm. <laughs> just for you. To ease your pain To help you smile Right in your aim And for all That you go through Just remember something We have love for you We have love for you
0: yeah crazy Mm -hmm. by far hardest moment and also best moment with you ever Mm -hmm. i would go into any battle alongside you um and so yeah here we are that's 2020 fam 2020
1: Um, we're not building without we're rebuilding how you like that that
0: let it preach. Oh, Ooh, I, uh, I might just hire you. <laughs> we ahead, are. Ahead. Okay. So fantastic. This has been, I'm Princeton Parker. You know me because I'm here all the time. This is my little bro, <laughs> Preston Parker. I'm um, listening to Parker. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I'll tell you, actors. Ooh, whatever. Um, Thank you all so much. These are also our baby pictures right behind us. Y'all take um, a look. Y'all, okay. Oh, well, if they're listening, they can't really see. Oh, but if you're this watching. This is so cool. We're actually sitting in front of our baby pictures. Right? So the one directly behind Press is Press. The one directly behind me. Yeah. So thank you all so much for listening. Um, hey, share this with someone. Like, um, share, comment, subscribe. Thank okay. You. We want one. you
1: to view us daily. Wait, is it daily or weekly? Oh, it's not is daily. Is it daily monthly? Bi weekly?
0: We want it to be Bi annual? Bi annual summer be sale. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Listen, as I say all the time, uh, thanks so much for hanging with us. Uh, new episodes coming soon. Uh, love Part y'all two, three, so four, much. And listen, whatever your 2020 holds, my prayer for you in 2021 is that you will continue to rebuild with the grace of God on your life. Listen, the times may not change. It may not be different this year, but you will be. And that is the hope that we have. I love you so much. We love you. Uh, thank you for tuning in today. And as I say all the time. All the time. what you say, brother? With God... <laughs>
1: don't let me let sorry, me, let me I, I haven't heard it I, I don't know what you say all the so time you mean to tell me you've never listened to an episode of the podcast no I don't know which line you're referring to it's the way, way I end every single episode Ooh, sometimes I cut it off before you, before you get the last one. Yeah, no, you never listen. Don't even. You don't even know. I be here when you record it and then I got things. So I leave before you. Fin- Just say the last so I know.
0: With God as <laughs> your
1: foundation. With God is your foundation. And
0: purpose as your motivation. And purpose
1: as your motivation. Keep building family. Keep building family. Keep building family. We love you.